This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Parshas Vayeshev. We're going to try to do this quickly, guys. I know last week I was out of town and I went through everything a lot really quickly. I'm going to try to do the same thing this week because there is a lot to do and a lot to go into over here. Paraglamites Pesukidal says Vayikayomazet, and it was around this very day. Yosef came into the house in order to do his work. There was no man inside the house when it was there. Now, there are two major questions that we have to ask on this puzzle. Number one, what does it mean by on that very day? And number two, what work was Yosef coming to the house to do? Obviously, we're going to ask if Yosef knew that nobody else was in the house, what was he doing there in the first place? But those are the two major questions. What was the work and what was that day? What was the day that we referred to over here? So Rashi says it was a special day known as a holiday by the Egyptians, a happy day where everybody would go to the Nile River in their houses of idol worship by the river, and they would worship something that was over there. Rechaim Kineski calls it Yom Genusya. The wording that's used is Yom Genusya, based on the Gemara over there in Avodazar. Zleika, the wife Potiphar, thought to herself that since everybody was going to be there, and nobody was going to be inside the house, there would be no better day for her to seduce Yosef to being with her, and therefore she told everyone she was sick, she wouldn't join in in the Simcha, she knew that Yosef wouldn't go because Yosef didn't believe in Avodazara. She used this to her advantage, she decided this is it, this is how I'm going to be able to get everything done. It was awesome. Chizkuni says, this was the day when the Nile River overflowed, which means it was around springtime, right around springtime, and everyone went out to go see it because this was their Parnassah for the year. They had their Parnassah based on the Nile River overflowing, so they all went for it. They had parties by the riverbank when this happened. The kings, the chief officers, they all went there. The only people who didn't go to the entire party was Yosef and Zleika. Torah Tamima says they had a custom to bring sacrifices to the Nile River, and on that, on that day that it overflowed itself, they called it Teatro right? They would all gather together near the river bank. They would bring their korbanos. They would do everything there. That was the day. So the special day was this day of Avodah Zarah where it went through. There is a Yalkur Veni that says there was a Yom Shal Apish in Mitzrayim. I don't know if this is the same day or not, but it was the day where the cow jumped over the moon. Everybody knows that, right? The cow jumped over the moon. So there was, there was an idea where on this day, there was a cow that was inside the river itself, and it came out of the river, fly, fly, flew around inside the sky, looked like it was jumping over the moon itself, and then by the end of the day, it would come back in. They would throw stuff at it, the people would be around, and it was one of the reasons why they thought of an agel for the agel azov. So it could be that it's connected with this over here, but that was the Yom Genusa. We're going to come back to this, but for right now, that's how we're starting. Fine. Ibn Ezra says, the wording means it was a few days after she had begun asking him to be with her. Some say it could be a few weeks, maybe a few months, maybe even a year. But when it says kehayom, like this, every single day, it kept happening again and again and again. It kept happening one after the other after the other. Says Ibn Ezra, that's what's happening over here. That's what happened. I don't know if the Sworn was arguing with that or not. Sefer Zikaron says, this is what she said, based on what Rashi says. There will be no day like today. Kehayom. Vayi. Is there any day like today where everybody's gone? I'm going to be alone with Yosef. She said, I have to take advantage of the situation. So she's the one that said, that it's like this day. Then it says it was actually daytime, really daytime. He never expected her to do anything during the day. During the day, there was something that people didn't do. So therefore, when it was daytime, he said, I can go in and I'm not worried about anything happening. That's what he said based on. But the tour says, it was clear as day. Kiyom. It felt clear as day that Yosef intended to work and never intended to sin with her. And that's what it means, Kiyom. Kiyom is not referring to a special day. It refers to how he looked at it, how clear it was to him. The Me'am always brings to the Medrash Tanchuma that this happened on Shabbos. 
the day that we refer to as the day of Shabbos, Yosef was closed off in his room learning Torah the entire time. Especially the Torah that his father had taught him from Shem the Aver. He was sitting there learning all of that Torah. This is what he did every week at this time to try to forget not what he was learning, not what he, what he had from before. So he made sure never to forget anything. That's what the Miyam always brings to the Medrash Tanchuma. That's the Malacha here. The Zohar says the work of any person should be the Torah that they're learning. So when it says, Vayavu Abayis Labaisa Lasos Malacto, it was Shabbos. What did he do on Shabbos? He went into his house, into his own room, and he sat doing his work, his real work. What's his real work? The learning of whatever he had to do that on Shabbos, because that was the time that he was able to do so. That's how the Zohar and the Medrash Tanchuma says it, yeah. I was going to say it's ironic, because normally when we say Malacha, we're talking about... Malacha is actual work, right? And over here we're saying, no, it's the work that goes around. The Chidah talks about this well. That's 100% true. But that's the way to be able to learn. And the Chavetz Chaim says, but you can now understand the Gemara in Yuma Lan Chesnaves. No matter how big your Yitzhahara is, no matter how big it is, I'm sorry. You can never have an excuse not to learn Torah. Yosef Atzadik was Machayev those who have a Yetzirah. That's Lama Heyma Beis in Yuma. He's Machayev those who had who have a Yetzirah, a massive Yetzirah. Yosef Atzadik will tell them, I still learn Torah. No matter what my Yetzirah was, I still went ahead and learned Torah because that learning of Torah will protect you no matter what. So we have a bunch of answers. Kayom either referred to this day of Avodah or referred to a few days or weeks or months or whatever it is since she started, be, she started doing this. There was no day like today for Yosef and Zleika to be together. Nitziv, he's, it was clear as day that he never expected to do anything whatsoever. It was daytime. He never expected anything bad to happen. Or it was Shabbos. And that's the Kayom Azed. Those are the six explanations as to what it means by Kayom Azed. So let's go to the next part. What does it mean by he went to work? We already have one explanation. He went to go learn. What does it mean he went to go work? This is the Machlokis in the Gemara and Sota. Sota, Lamed Babel Abayz brings Rav and Shmuel. We don't know who says what. One of them says he went to do real work. He mamish wanted to go do work. He knew he had work to do. There was time for him to do this. And by the way, as a timeout, it would be hard to say it was Shabbos if you went in to do actual work, as you just said, Ephraim. It's funny that the work would be Torah learning, right? But if it was actual work, then it couldn't have been Shabbos because Yosef Atzadik still kept Shabbos from Tavach Tavach Ba'achain, which we'll see later on in Parshish Miketz. What's up? Well, my side, going back to the original question of why would he have walked in the first place, okay, so you have the answer to saying that he was learning it was Shabbos. Yeah. Before, but we still know that he had his pie book. So why would he bother have done this if he knew he had a taiva, even if he was learning and every? Hold on with your question. Yes, I'm going to try to answer all that. But yes, obviously, there's a problem with Yosef Atzadik going in when he knew he had this taiva for Rishis Potiphar. 100%. So we have Rashi. Rashi brings down that Makhluk's Rav and Shmuel. One opinion is he went to go do work. The other opinion, shockingly, from the Amorayim, in the Gemara, says the Gemara, Yosef Atzadik went in to have relations with Aishas Potiphar. He went in to be with Zleika. Zleika is the name of Aishas Potiphar again. He went in to have relations with Zleika. He would have done so. If not for what? What happened that stopped him from doing so? Yaakov Avinu's face appeared to him and said, don't do it. And he stopped. Yaakov Avinu's face said, if you do such a thing, you won't be put on the shoulders of the aphod, those kispe aphod, the stones that were right there. You won't be on those stones. Don't you want to be on the stones? Said Yosef, yes. So he didn't do the mice. He stayed away from her. What an unbelievable medrash. There's so much to learn from over here. Rabbeinu Ephraim says, Vayavo habaisa laasos is the same gematria as Ulashamesh mitaso ima to be together with her. It's both 1247, you add on one, but it, they're both 1247, that's what it means. There's an actual nafkamina here. 
if this malacha is work, there are 39 times in the Torah where it says the word work. In actuality, there are 40. Chazal Darshan, that, that's why we have 39 malachos on Shabbos, because it says the word malacha 39 times. But there are 40 if we include this one. If this is actual work, then we got a problem. There's that. So we have to Darshan that maybe he went into work, but his desire was not for actual work. It was to be together with her. And that's why this malacha doesn't count. It won't count as one of the malachos for Shabbos. That's why there's 39 malachos. And maybe Tosis Yonis and Torah, I'm sorry, Targum Yonis and says, maybe that's why he went to go check Cheshbonos in his notebook. That wasn't necessarily work work. It was as if just to look at the work that he had. So it wasn't real malacha. And Ibn Ezra also talks about this, but it could be that's the shot behind it. Haksav Kabbalah says he was forced to go in. His master told him before he left, I want this done before I'm back from my holiday. And therefore he told him, you have to go do it. He did not want to go inside. And Elio, this answers your question. He didn't want to go inside the house. He knew that Zleika was by herself in there. But his master told him he had to do it. And his fear for his master was extreme. He said, I have to go in even though I don't want to. I'm not going to disobey my master. So he said, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do it. But the Igritakala says this was a show of true greatness on Yosef's part. That he was willing to go do work for his master even though no one knew. I've always told people the true sign of a person who's a tzaddik and a yirei Hashem is a person who does the halachas that Chazal mentioned about the bathroom. If you know how to do those halachos and you do them, no one else is around. No one will ever know. It's literally between you and a Kaddish Baruch Hu. You go to a shower and you wash the right side of your body before your left side of the body, even though it makes no sense to us. You cut your nails and you do it in the order of four, two, five, three, one, right? Two, four, one, three, five. You go ahead and you do that, that you don't cut your fingernails and your toenails on the same day. That when you walk, go into a bathroom and you wipe yourself, there are certain hands. I'm a lefty, okay? So I put on my tefillin with my left hand on my right arm. So I have to use these four fingers, these four fingers, to be able to use for wiping afterward, for kinuach afterward, because that's the halacha. I can't use my middle finger because that's the finger that has my, the tefillin go on it. If you keep those halachos, you are a true Yerei Hashem, because no one will ever know. No one will ever find out if you're doing it or not. That's the idea over here as well. Sizde Gurdakala. He could have slacked off. He could have just said, you know what, I'm taking a day off. My master's not here. All the people aren't around. He could have slept in. He could have had nothing to do that day. But no, he said, I'm going to do what my master told me to do. My master says I'm supposed to work. I'm going to work that day. That's somebody who is a true Yire, let's say, a, a fear of somebody who feared his master. That's how we have to act when it comes to our work and what we have. How does each Amor get their opinion? There's a bunch of different answers to that. Sifzachamim says that the word Vayavo, he went, Vayavo Lassus Matu, he came in to do his Malacha, is from the word, instead of just saying Vayikayomazev, Einish Babayis, etc., Vayavo means he went in for illicit reasons. That's how the Sifzachamim puts it. Tamir Akwa says it was Shabbos, as the Alkut said, right? He couldn't have worked that day. So it must be he didn't actually go in to do work, he went in to be with Ashes Potiphar. That was the idea behind it. And although I don't know. Maybe you could say it's possible he was machmir to do work on Shabbos because he wasn't sure if he had the status of a Jew or a Goy. The part of Yosef says maybe he did that. Regardless, it seems that it went, that's the reason behind it. The Chizkuni says there's no way that he would have done this in the middle of the day. 
There's no way he would have gone in. This is something that's so anathemic to the people back then, something that's against them. There's no way he would have done something like that. And therefore, there's no way it could be. It must be Malacha is Malacha Mamish. And after all, that is Pshat in the Pusik. Isn't Pshat in the Pusik by Yavo, Lasos Malacha, he came to go do his work? It's just simply put, he went to go do his work. Why would you darshan that he had illicit purposes in mind? It's weird to say it that way. So for that reason, says the Chizkuni, there's no way. There's no way it could be anything but actual work. Yeah, no. Yeah, So there is a machlokas, and we're not going to go into that today, because that's a big one. In fact, there's an entire safer entirely on this. But the machlokas between the Shvatim and Yosef Atzadik was entirely about whether or not they felt that they were B'nai Yisrael or B'nai Noach. And you could go either direction. There's a bunch in the Medrash Plia that goes into such a thing, whether they felt that they were B'nai Noach or B'nai Yisrael. Clearly, according to most... Midrashim that I've seen, the way that they explain it, it's that Yosef held that they had the status of Bnei Yisrael, and the Shvatim held that they were Bnei Noach. So for him to have the status of Ben Noach would be weird, but either way, regardless over here, says, you have to ask this question yourself constantly. And here's the Musser component that goes with it, along with what we just said from the Igor Dekawa. What do I do for a living? Am I honest? Do I deal fairly with people? Do I take advantage of their ignorance when I can? Do I do what I want and no one's going to ever stop me? That's what the sailors asked Yonah. Mamalach what do you do for a living? What kind of a person are you? It seems like a silly question when everybody's about to die in a storm. Everybody's dying in a storm. It's crazy on the ship. The ship is almost overturned. And they go to you and they're like, so what do you do? What do you do? That's the time to ask that question. That's a silly thing to ask. But maybe you weren't honest and scrupulous in your business. And if that happens, who knows why the storm is coming? Maybe the storm is coming for that reason. For that reason, we have to do something about it. And Elimel Shabbat says, this is what somebody has to ask themselves every single day. Vayavo, the line is, Vayavo habaisa lasus malakto. When you come to do work, what does that mean? What does that do for Are you coming in to do work? Or you're doing whatever you want to do. But let's go into Yaakov's face. What do we have by Yaakov's face? It says the line over here, that every single person, the way that Rashi says it is, the Gemara in Sota says, Yaakov's face appeared before him and told him the names of the Shvatim were going to be on the stones of the Aphod. Okay, Rav Schwab talks about this, but the names of the Shvatim were going to be on the stones of the Aphod. If he wanted to be with them, he would have to run right them. Yosef, you want to be with the rest of the Shvatim? You want to have your name on the Kisve Aphod? Run, get out. If you're here for one more second, you're going to sin. One more second, he told him. And that's what made him get out of here. Rule Wolfson says, it might not have been just Yaakovino, it may have been the Kis Yaakov himself, but we're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. We spoke about that in Parshat Vayetze. Something else. Where does the Medrash come from? Where is it hinted to in the Pasuk that the face of Yaakov appeared before Yosef and that made him run? Where does it say it? Well, if you look back in the Pasuk, it says, No man from the men of the house were there in the house. No man from the men in the house were there in the house. But there was another man in the house. Who was the man inside the house? Yaakov Vinu. Yaakov Vinu was there. That's how the Sifzek Chamim, the Tur, the Uriel Shlomo, and the Tzur Amor says. No other person was there. But Yaakov Vinu was there. Yaakov Vinu was there making sure that Yosef wouldn't do anything wrong. The Rashmi Bells says Yaakov Avinu is not a normal man. He's known as Kel Elokei Yisrael in last week's Parsha because of a korban that he brings. Kel Elokei Yisrael. He's not an Ish. So ain't Ish. There's no man here. There's a Yaakovinu here. There's a Kel here. Someone who represents a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Says Rashmi Bells, that's what it refers to over here. That's the idea behind it. Now, Vodas HaKodesh brings down the ain Ish. The ain Ish is an abbreviation of the words Udmus Aviv Yaakov. 
Udmus Aviv Yaakov Niris Al Yosef Sham. The appearance of Yaakov, his father, uh, he appeared, that uh, appearance appeared to Yosef there. That's the Ein Ish. That's what it refers to over here. And that's why we know that he was there for him. Miam Loi says an unbelievable line. He didn't actually see Yaakov's disembodied face. Says Miam Loi, you know what he saw? He imagined it in front of him. He imagined it. There was no real face there. But he sat there and he said, what would my dad say? What would my father say? That's what he said to himself. And he did something to make it look like his father was staring into the window. Is that my father? He imagined it himself. It wasn't him himself. It wasn't something that he saw. It was something that he imagined, says Miam Lois. He tried to do it. The Afeno says he looked exactly like Yaakov Avinu. So he saw a mirror. And what did he see in the mirror? His father's face. It wasn't literally his father's face. It wasn't imagined. It was looking at himself in a mirror, seeing his father's face by looking at himself himself. That's the idea behind it. The Yafeinov says that's exactly what it is, and that's what made him run. Seeing himself that looked like Yaakov Avinu. Perhaps if the window was actual glass, maybe all this would be answered. In some way, he saw something, but he couldn't see it exactly. And if everybody looks like right there in that window, you can see there's somewhat of a reflection back, but you could still see through. And that may be what he saw, a bit of himself and a bit of something behind, as if there was Yaakov, you know, right there in front of him. That's the idea behind it. The MS Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky says, this is an unreal lesson in Chinuch. I don't know if anybody else here has this, but I know there's something that I've never done in my life, and I don't know if I've admitted it publicly, but I'll say it publicly, I don't mind. I have never smoked ever in my life. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never done drugs, nothing. Why? Because my father ingrained it in me from when I was a little kid that never smoke, never do anything like that. I've never done it, not once in my life. Not once. Because I can picture it. I can see my father telling me, don't do it. I can see it in my own head. If you have your father telling you something like that and you believe in that, you have that, that, that trust that you have for your father, there's no way you could do something wrong. Says Amos Lakov, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, he couldn't sin because even when he wanted to and he saw these things and he knew what Asia's Potiphar was, he so badly wanted to do what this was. And nonetheless, he stopped himself because he says, what would my dad tell me? What would my dad do in that place? And it teaches you as a future father that everybody here, and a future mother for anybody that's listening online, right? Future father, a future mother, to be that person for your child. What kind of a person are you for your child? What are you willing to do, and what are you showing him? Are you a person who truly, that your child's going to say, I cannot do this. My father, my mother would tell me not to do it. That's what Yaakov did to Yosef, and that's how he appeared. Did he actually appear? It seems like the way that Rabbi Yaakov is learning it, it doesn't matter. He felt that his father was there, and he couldn't do it because of such a thing. You would never do such a thing. Crazy, right? An unbelievable line. Rav Chaim Knievsky in Asicha, Asicha is one of the Sfarim that came out, Chelek Bey's page Nunalaf was asked why no one else have, has ever had that happen to them. We don't see this in anywhere else. We don't see when, I don't know, one of the Shvatim, like Yehuda, was about to be with Tamar, Yaakov's face didn't appear to Yehuda. When Reuben was about to move the bed, Yaakov's face doesn't appear in front of Reuben. When Moshe Rebbe was about to hit the rock, Amram doesn't appear in front of Moshe. Why don't we ever see this anywhere else, says Rav Chaim? Once Yosef started it, anyone can do it. 
It's easy to do because Yosef brought it into the world. It might have been difficult before Yosef, but now that Yosef did it, it's possible. You just have to want to do it. You have to push yourself to do it, and then it's possible. The Chassam Sofer answers that Yosef had to be on the Choshen because his name is the only one of the Shvatim that contains a Samach. You need all the letters on the Choshen, right? There's no other Shevet that has a Samach in it. Ruvain and Yehuda didn't have Yaakov's face because if they were gone from the Choshen, somebody else has a Yud, a He, a Vav, and a Dalid, a Resh, an Aleph, a Vav, a Bez, and a Nun. So if Reuven and Yehuda were off, there would be those letters somewhere else. But Yosef needed to be on because there's no other Samach. Nobody else had a Samach. Therefore, it had to happen. But that's another Psalm Sofer for another time. The Imriam as used to say, when a person is given a very difficult Nisayan, and everybody here has had something of this ilk. Maybe I'm not on the level of a Yosef at Sadiq, But everybody's had a Nisayan, a test. Something that's really been hard for them. All that remains is his Nikuda Panimis. Because you can't do it. All you're thinking of is, who am I as a person? That's your chiyas. That's who you are. That's your personal omal chushamayim. What am I willing and not willing to do? Who am I? And you all have this. You all have this test. Who are you at the end of the day? That's what it means when he saw the demus diyukan of his father. He didn't see demus diyukan, his father Yaakovinu. He saw aviv shabashamayim. His father in heaven. That's what it meant when he saw Yaakov Avinu. That's how the Imri MS understood it. That it wasn't Yaakov. It was the aviv that he was seeing. It doesn't go with Rashi. Rashi says Yaakov Vinu. But the Aviv Shabashamayim, the Imre Noam says the coolest thing in the world. It is possible for a tzaddik to send his tsura away from his body and make it appear as a disembodied head in front of someone else. The Imre Noam says it's possible for a tzaddik to do that. I do know a person, a great, great gone here in Chicago who had a dream once. He was working on an aguna, on a certain case of aguna, and he had a dream where Ravavadya Yosef Zatzal, he was still alive at the time, Ravavadya Yosef appeared to him in a dream and told him to look up a certain tshuva. And he looked up that tshuva, saw the answer to his question, to matter up an aguna, it was for the 9-11, unfortunately, the agunas that were, that were caused by 9-11, and he was able to matter through that. And he attributes that to that. He had no idea. He never spoke to Ravad Yosef about it. But he felt the Ravad Yosef came to him in a dream. Those who know Ravad Yosef, by the way, the Baba Sal and Ravad Yosef were working on agunas their whole lives. Always working to try to matter as many people as possible. There's so many unfortunate situations out there. They did everything they could to be able to try to make those things happen. That's what happened to that person. Says the Imre Noam, it can happen. A tzaddik can send his surah to someone else. But the only way to do that is if the tzaddik is involved and does it himself. Yaakov Vinu didn't know that Yosef was alive. Yaakov Vinu had no idea where Yosef was. So Yaakov Vinu couldn't have sent his tzura out because he wasn't there. So he says, how is this possible? And he answers, we set it up above with, with, with Revolfson. Yaakov's face was engraved on the Kisei Kavod. If you remember, we spoke about the Kisei Kavod has four pictures on it based on the Chayos HaKodesh and their, their faces. There's an Adam, there's an Aryeh, there's a Nesher, and there's a Shor Akruv. The Adam looks like Yaakov Avinu. And when ya- Yosef Atzadik saw the Kisei HaKavod coming down to him, he saw Yaakov Avinu. That's what it went to over here. Could be the Ein Ish Me'an Sheabayis. Anshe, Aleph Nun Shin Yud. Aleph is... Aryeh, Nun is Nesher, Shin is Shor, Yud is Yaakov. 
in Ishmael Shabbais, that's what came down. The actual Kisiyat Kavod came down. Maybe that's what it refers to when we talk about this over here. Then, I, I, I would give a dollar to anybody who knows this. If you know this, I'm going to give you a dollar. Yaakov Inu did not appear in front of Yosef. Rachel and Leah did. Anybody know that? I'm willing to give you a dollar for it. Yerushalmi Horius brings down that it was not his father's face. It was Rachel and Leah's face. Rachel and Leah's face themselves. They were the ones who told him not to do this, and therefore he ran away. Not Yaakov. Isn't that unbelievable? The Medrash Havkir says he saw a huge stone that we know of as the Evan Shesia that the world came from. And he said to himself, if I do this, there's going to be a Chorban in the world. Znus brings Magefa. Znus brings plagues into the world. Good people and bad people are going to die. I can't do this because if I do it, there's horrible things that are going to happen. So he got up and he ran. It wasn't a face necessarily. He saw a stone, the Evan Shesia, the world being created. And he said, I can't do this. I absolutely can't do it. Miam Lois says, he said to himself, Vayar Kienish, he saw that there was no man. He said, if I do this, I'm not a man. If I do this, how could I be an Ish? I'm an animal if I do this act. I'm an animal if I'm willing to do such a thing. He said, I can't do it. And he weakened his Yitzhahara, was able to run out. He said, Vayar Kienish, he saw, I'm not a man if I do this. The Emriyama says something similar. If I do this, and I'm over on the rocks in Hashem, how can I consider myself an Ish? How can I consider myself a man? I no longer deserve to be alive. How could I have done such a thing? But Tosis Shantz and Sotalam of Avavez and the Hadra Zikanim on this Pasuk says, at that moment that Yosef tried to be together with Ashish Potiphar, he couldn't. Vayar Kienish is he saw that he had no ability to be together with her. You know what, the, what they both say? These are Balitosis. The Balitosis says, at that moment he became a Tumtum. Does everybody know what a Tumtum is? Tumtum is a person who is covered up in that area of the body and you cannot tell if he's male or female. At that moment, he became a Tumtum. And obviously it became normal after this because he had kids later on. But at that moment, Bayar, and he saw Kienish, he was no longer a man. He couldn't do what he was supposed to do with Ejus Potiphar. He's no longer a man. He couldn't do so. And he stopped. And that's what stopped him. So meaning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to give him special siyate de Shmaya because he wouldn't have done that. He couldn't survive otherwise. He would have been together with his Potiphar and Hashem stopped him. And then comes Romeril of Parmeshalon. I don't know if anybody knows, Romeril of Parmeshalon has these unbelievable ideas. I haven't found this safer that has Romeril's all of his ideas in it. I quote it from my, maybe the Mayana Shal Torah or from the Tzor Lateva. Somebody is going to bring him up at some point. But he says, Yaakov's derech was to ignore the outside world and do his own thing. He wasn't into the signs of the times, and he didn't wear the clothes. I want you to think of a person who, like, everybody else is wearing, you know, like, cool suits and, like, ties and whatever it was, and there's one guy wearing, like, the, the huge tie, you know what I'm saying? Like, the huge clown tie, right? And he's wearing, like, a suit that's, like, light brown tan or something with, like, little stripes on it from, like, 1943. And, like, he looks like that while everybody else is wearing something normal. That's what Yaakovina looked like. He didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. He was his own person who stayed on his own and didn't do it. He didn't care about the Ruach Hasman. Yosef at Tzadik, says Romero Parmeshalon, looked good. As we all know, he was metakim besairo. He made his hair really nice, right? Misalso besairo, he was taking care of himself. He looked good. He looked good. He was wearing a nice trim suit. He wore like a really nice tie. He made himself look like an awesome person. And there was an argument, a subtle argument, but an argument between Yaakov and Yosef. Yaakov said, don't get involved in this stuff in the world. And Yosef said, why not? Why shouldn't I look good? 
I'm a good-looking guy. I can make a massive Kiddush Hashem. I'll go around and show them that a Jew can be a good-looking guy just like them, and I stay away from things. And Yaakov said, it's going to be bad for you. If you keep doing this, people will see you as part of them. They'll start treating you as if you're one of them. You can't act like them. You can't be one of them. You have to be different. You have to act differently. Said Ramera Parmeshalon, Yosef Atzadik always did it until Aishas Potiphar. Once he saw that Zleika, that Aishas Potiphar, went and grabbed onto his clothing, she grabbed onto his clothing and she said, look, you should be with me because clearly you're with the times. You're with the times. You're along with everybody else. You shouldn't have any problem with it. You're not, you're not like an old fogey who like doesn't do that. You're just like everybody else. Just like everybody else. Yosef realized his father's derech was the more important one. His father's derech was one that he had to do because it keeps Nisiones away. Every single morning, you say it every, well, hopefully, you say it every single morning. Lowly day Nisayon. You, you don't need me to tell you where that is, right? It's okay, it's okay if you don't. It's in Brachos. At the end of the Brachos, the Birchos HaShachar. The lowly day v'zayon, the lowly day nisayon. You don't want to be tested. Don't put yourself in, the, in, in a position where you can be tested. Because nobody wants a test. Because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen in that. That's the idea behind what it means. He saw the face of his father, says Ramera Parmeshalon. It means he saw what his father saw originally and said, Dad, you're right. Dad, you're 100% right. I don't know how I did it this way. That's what Ramera Parmeshalon says. Okay, now we have to decide one other thing. There's about 12 answers to this question, but we're not going to do all of them. How in the world could Yosef have really decided to do such a thing? How could he have been in the place where, how could an Amora even possibly suggest that he went in to go do something wrong? How can you suggest such a thing? This is Yosef Atzadik. We're not talking about some, and I know there are lines that people will say he was 18 years old. He was away from his parents. He was, he was in a terrible land. Asia's Potiphar was awfully beautiful. Come on. Come on. That cannot be the answer. We're not talking about Joe Schmo off the street. We're not talking about me. We're talking about Yosef Atzadik, one of the greatest human beings, if not in the top seven human beings to have ever existed. There's no way, even at the age of 18, that Yosef Atzadik could have done this. So they ask, the Panach Raz, it's not my question, the Rishon, the Panach Raz and Moshe Zakanim ask, how in the world could he have done this thing? How in the world could he do it? There's a lot of different answers. I'm going to suggest three, and then the other ones you have around here, whatever it is. Number one, he found a heter. He found a heter. I will tell you, the Chassam Sofer says, guys, how do you have divorce by non-Jews? By Jews, we know there's a get. How do you have divorce by a non-Jew? How does a non-Jewish man divorce his non-Jewish wife? There's no real Kedushin, right? So how is it officially a divorce? So Lefi the Rambam, there's a pending, but the Chassam Sofer says, based on the Rambam, the way to divorce is when they decide they're no longer going to be together with one another. When the decision is made, a separation of a husband and wife by non-Jews is essentially a divorce, which means she's no longer in Aishas Ish. Aishas Potiphar had separated from her husband. She said, I no longer want to be with my husband Potiphar, and according to the Medrash, she couldn't be because Potiphar at this point was a Swiss paro. He was a Swiss and didn't have the ability to be together. They were divorced from one another. She was known as Aishas Potiphar, the wife of Potiphar. She was known as that, but she was not officially Aishas Potiphar. Not only that, says Chassam Sofer, did you know that Zleika told Yosef, whatever you want, I'll convert. She converted to Judaism, and she believed in monotheism, and that's why the Chassam Sofer says she didn't go to the party. Everybody else is celebrating a Vodazara, but Yosef and Aishas Potiphar, why didn't Aishas Potiphar go? 
because she didn't believe it anymore. She believed in God. She believed in a Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's funny what a really nice-looking guy will do, right? That's kind of the answer for most Kirov organizations. <laughs> but that, that is, that's what a good-looking guy does. A good-looking guy can cause the person to say, you know what, I believe in God now. I 100% believe in God. She believed in God. She was Megayer. She wasn't really married. She wasn't really married. So Yosef said, look, and then he said, oh my gosh, let's look up at the stars. He looks at the astrology, the different constellations out there, and he saw he and Zleika were supposed to have a child together. Now, he didn't know at the time it was really not him and Zleika, but really him and Osnas. But he didn't know that at the time. He saw him and Zleika are supposed to have a child together. He said, okay, I guess it's Mina Shemayim. He said, you really converted? She really converted. You really don't believe in I really don't believe in Rosara. You're really not married to Potiphar? I'm really not married to Potiphar. He found the Hatter. And that's what it means, Lasos Malachto. And last second, why did he stop? Because it looked bad. Because it looked bad. What did he say to the Shvatim? When the Shvatim were eating Aver Minachai and being around those women and making fun of the Shvatim, the Shvatim said, we're not doing anything wrong. He said, yeah, but it looks bad. And that's what he told the Shvatim. Now, it looks bad. She might not actually be Aisha's Potiphar, but she looks like Aisha's Potiphar. It looks bad. And that's the reason why he was willing and why he stopped. That's the first answer. Razida Mayer answers based on the Marashak. I, 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 I'm telling you, this is an answer. I couldn't believe it. The way my wife said it, when I told it over to my wife, she's like, mm, that sounds like a massive excuse. We all know, guys, that when it comes to three big sins, Yarog Val Yavor, you have to die rather than doing them. What are those three big sins? Shvichus da murder, right? Vodazara and Gilearias. You have to die rather than do them. If a person puts a gun to your head and says, be over on Gilearias or else I'll kill you, you have to be willing to be killed. I'm willing to be killed. I will not be over on Gilearias. In other situations, etc. You know there are certain situations that are Ya'avor Ba'al Yahari. You have a Chiyuv to be over on the Avera and not be killed. Certain Averas are like that. Ya'avor Ba'al Yahari. That if a person puts a gun to your head and says, I want you to, let's say, break Shabbos. Break Shabbos. And it's not a Shasa Shmad, and it's not in public. You are required to break Shabbos rather than be killed. That's Yavor Val Yaharik. Says the Rambam, if there's a Chiv of Yavor Val Yaharik, and you allow yourself to be killed, you did the wrong thing. You say, I want to be a Chassid. I'm not going to break Shabbos. Then. I'm not going to do it. Yavor Val Yaharik. That's Salacha. You have to follow the halacha, you have to do with that halacha. By non-Jews, there is no such concept of Yarog Val Yavor. There is no concept by non-Jews of Yarog Val Yavor, which means if a non-Jew goes up to another non-Jew and says, let's say, worship this Avodah Zarah or I'll kill you, the non-Jew is required to worship the Avodah Zarah. Required. Because they don't have the din of Yarog Val Yavor. Their din is Yavor Val Yaharik. Be over on it rather than be killed. Yosef Atzadik was a Ben Noach. And I know we just argued that before. Noah, you know what? You brought this up before. No, Yosef Atzadik was a Ben Noach. When Aisha's Potiphar went up to him and said, I want you to be together with me. That was Gilearias, right? Gilearias. But what's the din by a Ben Noach and Gilearias? Yavor Val Yaharik. There's a medrash that says that Aisha's Potiphar that day took out her sword. I don't know how she had a sword. Took out a sword, put it on Yosef's neck, grabbed him with her other hand. This is what the Gemara says. This is how the Medrash puts it. Grabbed him with his hand, put the sword to his neck, and said, Be with me or I'll kill you. Be with me or I'll kill you. What's Salacha? Yavor the Yavor Yehareg. 
He had no permission to die. He had no permission to have himself die over it. He had to be over on the Avera. He had to. So when it says, Lasos Malachto, it meant he knew the Halacha. He went in to be over Val Yaharik so he doesn't get killed for it. Halachically, he was right. But then we go into what Noah said before. Yosef Atzadik held Lishitaso. He was a Ben Yisrael, not a Ben Noah. And a Ben Yisrael, what's the Halacha? Yarog Val Yavor. So he had to run out. Isn't that unbelievable? Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. That, 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 that line, I think, is unbelievable. There's a part of Yosef. There's a Be'er Basada who goes into it as well, that he really never wanted to be together with her. He really just was willing to put his clothes next to her. He was willing to take off his clothes and put it by her so she would have his clothes. But he never expected that to happen. And then his Yitzhar got a hold of him. There was, there was a Chsam Sofer there as well. And in Alshif, she kept asking for less and less and less. And he kept saying, okay, so it's not bad because it's less and less and less. There's a Maral Diskin who answers it in two different ways. There's two different answers from the Maral Diskin. There's a Chafetz Chaim Torah. There's Rav Schwab that goes into a whole idea of what the Mutter is. And there's the Maral Bach who also gives an answer over here. Regardless, we're going to skip to the very end. Uh, my gosh. I mean, you guys can see there's a Sforno, Kliyakr, Nitziv, Malvim, and Shach, and then the Berhe to the Berva Sudden, the Tamid Akra that goes into this. I'm going to end with this. Rav Wolfson has an unbelievable Chiddush in the Munasi Techa, page 150. This holiday of the Egyptians, remember the holiday that I called it, Yom Genusia? That holiday, I've never seen this anywhere else, and I know that one of my Rabbeim was unbelievably mad at me when I said this out, but I'm going to say it because Rav Wolfson is an unbelievable tzaddik, and he says it over here. This holiday was the holiday that we now know as Christmas. The holiday was Christmas, Kratzmach, as they say. It was a day well known as a pagan holiday way before the Christians came along. This day, whether it's called Saturnalia, or if you want to call it, whatever it is, Kalenda, whatever it is, there was a holiday based on the solar season, the solar calendar. They had a holiday on December 25th, on December 25th. Maybe that's why you went to go do calculations of Cheshbonos, he says. Because what do Hasidim do on Nittelnacht? They don't learn. They do, they play chess, they do calculus, they do math, they do whatever it is. They don't learn on the night of Nittelnacht. So he says a Chiddush, I mean, it's like a funny sounding Chiddush, that Yosef said he couldn't learn on that day, so he went Lasos Malachto. He went to go do something else, because he couldn't do what he really wanted to do. The tumor was so great that it grabbed a hold of him in some way, I don't know. And he says, it could be that when it says, Kehayomazeh, remember it said the words, Vayihi Kehayomazeh, Chof Heyom, it could be it was also Hanukkah at the same time, the 25th day of Kislev. Now, of course, we all know that Christmas technically is the 25th day of December, and that could also work, but Chof Heyom, and therefore Hanukkah and I guess Christmas came together together, and that was it, and that's what happened. Now, Yosef Atzadik stopping himself from being together with Ezra Potiphar on that day caused a Kedusha to be in the world that was so much greater than everything else out there. Just like there's a hand of Hashem that comes down at Hanukkah. Has anybody ever heard that before? That there are those that say that Yom Kippur is the Gemara Din. Others say that really the Gemara Din is on Hoshana Rabbah. Hoshana Rabbah, that's why we do all those tefillos, and we do everything, because Hoshana Rabbah is really the end of the Din, Timing and Hagen brings down a shita. Hanukkah is the end. On the last day of Hanukkah, a hand comes down from shrine. There's a hand there that's grabbing everyone who wants to do tshuva. And if you want to do tshuva on the eighth day of Hanukkah, up until the eighth day of Hanukkah, you still have a chance to do tshuva for the previous year. That hand was there 
That's coming from Yosef Atzadik. Yosef Atzadik is in the worst matzah he ever could have been in. He's mamish down in the dirt. He feels like a piece of garbage. He's an absolute nobody. And at that moment, the Kisya Kavod comes and lends a hand to Yosef Atzadik, grabs him, pulls him up with the face of Yaakov Avinu on that Kisya Kavod, and tells him, don't worry, you can still do it. You can still do it. And guys, that very well may be the second dream of Yosef. What was the second dream that Yosef had in the very beginning of the parsha? The sun, the moon, and the stars were bowing down to me. How does a sun bow? How does a sun bow? What, what does a round ball do if it wants to bow? Let's do. It just has to set. That means he's on the ground, and the sun goes down to him. That's what it means by the Kisya Kavod coming down to greet him, to take him up. And that's the idea behind it. And the lesson behind it is amazing. Whether or not it actually was Hanukkah or Chris, I find that to be... Um, unbelievable, but literally unbelievable. But if a person really understands this, that means HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always willing to help us no matter how bad it's gotten, no matter how bad it is. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always there to give us the hand that we need and pull us out and to make us feel like a million bucks, to make us feel so awesome. And that's the real lesson behind it, everybody. Have a great Shabbos.